God bless you. If you can bring me a stand of some sort. I like that one with the wheels so I can just move it around. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe we can put it that side so that that side becomes the front. Can we do that? And then this, all these guys are sitting in the back. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's good to be around people that love worship. I'm from a church originally in South Africa, and we would worship like you would worship. And we would dance like these girls were dancing. So it's not foreign to us. But I want to tell you, you guys need to know that the Bible says in the last days we will worship him in spirit and in truth. And worship is not about four songs on the overhead projector. Worship is a hard attitude. And uh, I want to tell you, he loves to worship. He wants you to worship him. So I know that some of you folk just sat and listened and it was good. But I think sometimes um, we need to just get up physically and worship him. There's something about physical worship. Saying, Daddy, I love you. Can you imagine, listen to me, can you imagine if uh, we couldn't speak to each other and your kids came through the door after school and ran up to you and said, Daddy, I love you, and you just went. That's what we do. God wants to hear our voice. He's interested in your voice. Worship, and it's amazing what I wrote here this morning, and I'm speaking about If you want to put a title to what I'm teaching on this morning, I'm speaking on the dry bone revival. Amen. The dry bone revival. God is so good. Amen. And so it's good to be here. I want to encourage you. We're living in a prophetic time. God is raising the church. I just loved your worship, man. That was awesome. You are a radical thing, you. God bless you. Is that your wife? Is that your husband over there? Yeah, you are married to a radical. She's like a, a battle axe. Is that a good word to use in America? We, we use that a lot in South Africa. She is awesome. You can light some fires. You're like a spiritual arsonist. Thank you, Lord. Just use her to bring fire. So let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you that you ministered to your people today, that it's different. That today it's not just a church meeting, but God, it's a meeting where we're encountering you, we're listening to your word, that you're impregnating us, that you're pouring out seed from heaven. God, you want your church to be passionate. God, this is for such a time as this. You want us to be focused, Lord, on what you're doing right now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. And it's amazing what God will use. God will use the foolish things of the world to astound the wise. God will use the broken. God, God will use people that don't even think God loves them. God will use all sorts of people. God is not looking for religion. God is looking for people that just want to say, yes, God, I love you. See, we have such a bad deal about God because of all the religion that's taken place. I mean, I grew up in a church, man, and I want to tell you it was so religious. There was no action in that church, man, nothing. You didn't even hear a pin drop. I mean, it was so quiet. And uh, I thought that was God. I thought that God was quiet. I thought I grew up in a house, in a home where I thought God was like judgmental. And I want to tell you, when I was like eight, nine years old and there was a big thunderstorm, I'd actually go and hide away underneath the bed because I thought God would kill me if, if he could. See, that's the concept. And if your concept about God is wrong, everything about heaven will be. Amen. Come on. 
If you have a wrong concept about who God is, and you just think he's going to judge you at every moment of every day, and he's going to kill you, then you'll have such a bad perception about who you are. And so the devil will come in and lie to you and say, you'll never become a man of God. You can't be righteous. How can you be holy? How can you be holy? How can you be in church this morning? The fact that you're sitting here is a miracle. But the fact that you're sitting here is the fact that God has a call and a purpose for your life. Amen. Come on. God knows who you are. You see, people come along and they put stuff on our lives and they say, well, that guy could never be a Christian. If that guy's a Christian, then, then, I, then you know, it can't be. How can God accept somebody that, that, you know, that everybody else has rejected? And then in comes the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and he just puts his hand on you. I mean, if God could save me, God could save anybody. I grew up in South Africa. I was a neo-Nazi. Hello, I was a mercenary and God touched my life. I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I killed people. Hello. And then God came into my life and, and rescued me and brought me into this amazing relationship. And I realized that I wasn't an orphan, I wasn't going to go to hell, I, w- I was destined to do great things for God. So I'm here to tell you that God can take anything and make something out of anything. If you will allow him to do it, he'll take you from the nothingness you feel to the something you are. Amen? But we have to start to understand that we're living in such a divine time. I want you to take your Bibles, if you've got your Bibles with you. And I want to encourage this brother with a cap on. God has a plan and a purpose for you. I don't know where you're from, but you've, you've become, you are a product of your, your upbringing. And you have felt for many years that God can't use you. And God wants to use you and touch you and heal you. And the one thing that God's going to do, my dear brother, is he's going to show you that you're a son of the living God. Because all your life, you have so wanted to be a son. You've wanted to be affirmed in sonship. And God wants to heal you in terms of how you feel about being a son. And all you want is a father to come and say, well done, son. And you've never had that. And God wants to heal you and touch you and minister to you. And so with you and so with you. That young lady sitting right at the end there, what's your name? Excuse me? Amber. You know what, Amber? There's two things that God's given you. God's given you the most amazing talent in the area of music and worship and song, and you don't use it. Hello? And you think you're a failure, and you think you can't succeed in anything you do, and yet God's given you another talent, and that's athletics and sporting. In the sporting arena, you'll do well. Hmm? And so, yeah, we have people in the congregation. When I look around you, I see people with giftings and anointings and purpose and all sorts of dreams, but yet they lie dormant within us because we don't believe that God can take us out of a place of dormancy into a place of productivity. When I look around this room, do you know that there's not one person sitting here this morning without a gift? There's not one person sitting here without the fingerprints of God all over you. Isn't that awesome? Okay, let's go and read Matthew 28. Thank you, Jesus. I want to encourage you, Amber. This is going to be, I want to pray for you before I leave here today. 
I want to pray for you, and I'm going to trust God that he will minister to you and bless you and give you joy in the morning like you've never had before. I just sense that whole, that whole family, I don't know if you're a whole family, but I just sense in my spirit that you guys are so hungry for the real and so want to be healed and loved and blessed. Amen? Matthew twenty-eight eighteen. listen to this. This is after, um, you know, the, Jesus comes off the cross. This is like after the Sabbath, near the dawn of the first day of the week. And all the disciples are, are, it says in verse 16, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed and made appointment with them. Let me tell you right now, Jesus is making appointments with you. And he's drawing you into a place of provision and blessing and encountering. That's why I love that song she sang. God wants to encounter you. He wants you to encounter him. Amen. Listen. And when they saw him, they fell down and worshipped him, but some doubted. How many of you realize the church is still doubting because we're not encountering God? We're encountering religion. We're encountering all the stuff that comes with institutionalism, but we're not encountering the presence of God. We're not encountering the purpose of God. We, ne- we normally never ever see anybody healed. Church is only a place to come to and we get good preaching for 30 minutes and nobody gets healed and we go and live our life from Monday to Saturday and then we come back on Sunday and guess what? Our well is still empty. We're not living out of the overflow. Don't shout me down. Just wave a hanky. Amen? Can you just wave a hanky? Somebody encourage me? Okay. It says, so Jesus approached them, breaking the silence. You know how amazing, you know how profound that is? Breaking the silence. Do you know what God was about to do? He wants to break the silence in every area of your life where the enemies crept in and planted seeds of doubt and fear and unbelief. Jesus is coming in and he's breaking the silence. Bam! He's speaking into your life. He wants you to know there's more in you than the eye can see. He doesn't want you just to have a church experience. He wants you to have a Holy Ghost experience. So that when you leave the house, you can go and touch other people's lives and you can be a minister of the gospel that you should be. Amen? And so we're not, we just not take, we're not, this is not a fort. We have like a fort mentality. Let's keep everything that happened here this morning right here. And when we leave here, let's be like the secret seven. 007. Hallelujah. And then during the week, nobody knows who you are. You hardly speak about Jesus. You hardly speak about the supernatural. You hardly speak about God healing people. All you're happy about is the fish on the backside of your car. And the fact that you can find parking at Walmart. That's like the greatest miracle you ever have during the week. Guess what I found? Parking at Walmart. Hallelujah. That is so superficial and so immature because God wants to bring you into a place of maturity that the supernatural actually is natural. The supernatural. Do you know that you're more supernatural than you are natural? That there's more of God in you than when he put his spirit inside of you. Listen to me. John 3, 6. I, I don't know how I'm going to finish this thing today. But I want to tell you something. We need to start to raise our faith. Raise the fact that there's more in you than the eye can see. God puts his spirit in you. And then he says to uh, the, little, the Pharisee in John 3, 6. It says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. How come that which is born of the spirit, us, we're not experiencing supernatural stuff? Because we're still thinking fleshly and we still want flesh things. We are so focused on earth, we're not focused on heaven. 
Okay. Amen. So he's breaking the silence. I want you to write that down. God wants to break the silence. He wants to break the silence of unbelief. He wants to break the silence of fear. He wants to break the silence of pain. He wants to break whatever silenced you, God wants to break. Then it says this, all authority, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go then and make disciples of all the nations. So what he's saying is all authority that was given to me, all power given to me, I'm not going to give to you. I'm going to start to give you the power and I'm giving you the authority so that you can have a breakthrough life, so that you can see miracles, so that you can walk in the power of the Holy Ghost, so that you can do the things that I want you to do. Amen. Come on, church. We need to start to believe that. I have more miracles. I have more joy and more satisfaction in the malls that I go to every day. I had an amazing encounter at a dry cleaners in Charleston on this week. Walked into Charleston, and within five minutes, the lady was weeping, and there was another man with me. He was bawling his eyes out. God came in the dry cleaners. It was amazing. Because all I felt, the Lord said, speak to this woman, and I just started speaking to her. And the next thing, man, God came in the place. I went to Walmart the other day, and I walked into a past, I just walked past the shop. And there was a girl sitting there writing, and the Lord said, go and speak to her. And I looked at her, and I said, excuse me, the, the Lord's saying to you, all will be well. And the next thing, she just started bawling her eyes, and I was thinking, Lord, not too loud, honey, maybe they'll arrest me. You see, every one of you, and you see, we're walking around, and we walk past dry people. We walk past people that are dying. We walk past people that are dead in the Spirit, and we are so happy about our conversion. We're so happy about, we're going to heaven, hallelujah. But we're walking past dead people. We walk past destructive things. We walk past hopeless people. And all we focused on is our inheritance and my need. And I'm going to go to heaven and my salvation. Listen to me. You should be beyond that by now. If you don't know you're going to heaven, you'll never know. That shouldn't be the focus right now. I like that. Wave that hanky, brother. And so um, this is, I believe this verse is the most power-giving, prophetic, releasing verses in the Bible. God wants to release some things on you this morning. I believe that we are responsible in speaking prophetically into our culture, into our nation, into the people around us. Come on. Revival is, is the most important thing you and I will see before Jesus comes back. And revival starts with us. Come on. Stop being content with your success and your program and your church and your little thing. Let's start focusing on what matters to the king instead of what matters to us. Amen. So let's go to Genesis 26. And let's see, because I'm just going to just, I, I want to finish this. I, I know that the pastor said I can go on till about three. And so, um, praise God. And then we can have, all have a picnic afterwards and this guy will cook us some good catfish. Amen? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. You're a catfish giant right there. I want some catfish. Genesis 26, 15, 24. Amen? Now listen to this. This is prophetic. Say prophetic. God wants to do some prophetic things. This brother with a, with a purple shirt on. What's your name? S-A-T. Like sat. Listen to me. You are a writer. 
You will write things. You will journal. You will, you will write prophetic things. God will give you strategies. God will give you ideas. You are an ideas man. You, you understand things. You, it's like, there's like a, an anointing on your life to bring, the, to bring the finances out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. You know some stuff about money, brother. And you need to start to write stuff prophetically that God wants you to do. Amen? This is your time. This is your season. God wants you to resurrect that skill that you have to write things and to plan things. So this is your time. Amen. Is that okay? Okay, Genesis. Now listen. Are you all listening? You all happy? Happy? Happy, happy, Amber? Happy? Happy? Okay. 15. 26, 15. It says, Now all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham... The Philistines had closed and filled with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Go away from us, for you are much mightier than we are. You see, we, the church, we the bride, just say, We the bride. So say it again, We are the bride. How, how many of you know this is so cool? The men are brides and the, and the women are sons. <laughs> okay. Just say, I'm a bride. And women say, I'm a son. Men say, I'm a bride. I know it sounds weird, but it's true. Come on. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for, for, for you are much mightier than we are. How many of you know that the bride is mightier than the world? Hmm. Two of you said yes. The other was like, yeah. The bride of Christ is mightier than the world. The world is not mighty. The world is slack. It's a weakness. The world is a weak kingdom. The bride is a mighty kingdom. We need to swap that around in our minds. Because we continuously say how mighty the world is. The devil did this. The devil did that. The only reason why the devil does it is because you're giving him free rent. That's the only reason why the enemy comes in is you give the devil free rent. So he comes in and he puts up shop. He builds a little shop there and he thinks he can do it. But yet at the end of the day, he has no ownership over you. You are owned by the king. Woo! Amen. And so it says here, it says, I just thought I'd tell you that. So Isaac went away from there and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And he started to dig wells. And it says again, the wells of water, which had been dug in the days of Abraham and the Philistines had stopped from uh, them after his death of Abraham. And he gave them the names by which his father had called them. Now Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of living water. Say living water. Some of you have not tapped into that living water yet. You've dug a lot of wells, but you've stopped digging at the first sign of opposition. We stop digging. The first sign our prayers don't get answered, we stop digging. The first sign of anything happening, we just stop worshiping because we don't believe in our minds that we can actually access the wells of revelation and supernatural, and yet God wants to give it to you. So can I tell you this morning, when you come back here again next Sunday, I desire and I invite you that you would come to the front of this church and that you would... Not, you don't even have to necessarily dance. You can stand here with your hands raised up and say, God, from this day, I'm proclaiming that I'm going to start to dig a well of faith and vision for my family and for my city and for my nation in Jesus' name. Because surely there must be something in the heartbeat of God in you that will cause you to stand up where you are and come and seek Him. Because let me tell you, desperate people find God. 
If there's no desperation in you, all you're doing is going through the motions, you might as well go and watch somebody on God TV this afternoon and get a little bit of a tickle. But what God's looking for is looking for people that will access Him. Hello? I'm a hunter and a fisherman. And let me tell you, when hunting's on, I don't sit in my house thinking, I wonder if I can go and hunt. One way I can find someone will take. I access every land area. You can ask my son. When we in Hawaii and it's hunting season, we're hunting. Everything. We kill everything that moves in Hawaii. If we can eat it, we shoot it. Fishermen, I ain't going to hang around the water. I'm staying at some house in Charleston. That's where I'm staying. And guess where the water is? The house is on the water. In your language, on the water. And guess what I'm doing every day, every five minutes? Ask my son, can we go fishing? There's fishing rods on the porch. I grabbed that fishing rod, found me some old, stinky, rotten shrimp, went down there, and I'm fishing. Come, not yet. But I'm, they don't give me time. My wife says, oh, the lunch is ready. Honey, I want to fish. You see, I'm accessing the whole thing because I'm desiring to get something. You see, some of us would sit in church and because you're just happy to be in church, you're not accessing the supernatural. You will leave you in the natural sense and this natural state you came in, you will leave the same way. But when you access God, when you come up here and you do something out of the ordinary, let me tell you, Isaac had to do something out of the ordinary. They didn't want him to dig the wells. It was history. The only thing they remembered about the wells is that those wells belonged to Abraham. They never belonged to this guy, Isaac. This guy had to, he had to access faith, and it says he dug the wells again. Verse 9, and now Isaac's servants dug in the valley and found there a well of living water. Let me tell you right this morning, some of you need a well of living water. You need a miracle. How many of you need a miracle? Both hands, both feet. I need a miracle. Amen. How many of you need to come out of lack? Both hands, both feet. But you're not going to get it by just hanging around the back somewhere and just, well, that's a nice service. God's looking for passionate people. Do you know what he said to me the other day? He said this to me. He said, in the bedchamber of intimacy, I will give you revelation. In the bedchamber of intimacy, miracles are born thinking, what does that mean? He said, if you'll come and access me, if you'll come become intimate with me in your worship and in your prayer life, if there's no intimacy, there will be no productivity. In other words, we as a people, whether we live in America or Australia or darkest Africa, we're going to have to change our minds and our hearts in terms of our relationship with God. If we want God to touch families in this place, and I can tell you right now, God wants to touch some of your families. Some of you have not had relationship with your families for 10 years because of all the garbage the devil's trying to bring into that family. And God says, no, you become the master well digger for your family. You become the master well digger of revival for your family. Amen. You become the one, stop being offended by your family and start becoming a lover of your family and start to find out how you can dig the wells of revival and provision for your family again because God wants to do it through you. Is that okay? And so this is an amazing, so this is our day. Just say, this is our day. 
God wants to do think. He wants us to think two things. He wants us to start to think generationally. Say generationally. generationally. Say it again. And geographically. You live geographically, you live in Georgia. Geographically, I live in Hawaii. That's where I live right now. But in the next three months, I'll be moving geographically to Charleston. I'll be living in Charleston. Praise God. Amen. But guess what? I'm not coming to uh, Charleston only to fish. I'm coming to Charleston because there's a generation of people that God wants me to access. Amen. Amen. Come on, man. What's your name? You are such a blessing. You've gone around the mountain. You've gone through the sausage machine of life. And this morning, God wants to touch you and heal you and minister to you and cut off the past so he can launch you into your future. Because you are a well of life. Amen? You're not bad. You're not a wicked man. You're not evil and wicked. Come on. Your vehicle may look evil and wicked, but you're not wicked. You're a generation that God's been looking for. He's relentless. Hello? Come on, man. (laughs) Okay. Listen to me. Stop being stopped up. Let us become wells that will flow out of the life of God. Come on. Generations live or hang in the balance. Generations are waiting for somebody to bring a word of life. Come on. With repentance and with brokenness, with his word, with prophecy. Come on. Let's start to access those generations. Access our nation. Access the city. Come on. God doesn't want compromise. He wants death. In other words, let me just say it this way. What are you prepared to die for? What is the price of revival going to be? The price of revival is the fact that you're going to find those wells. You're going to look for those people that once loved God. You're going to look for those people that once prayed with you. You're going to find those families that have never heard the gospel. You're going to find those young men and those young women that, that are out there on drugs, finding all sorts of... You're going, to find, you're going to access those wells, and you're going to find... And you know what's going to happen? You're going to have to die to self to find those wells. Hello? Jesus had to die because he could not access the price position of who, that was us. He couldn't access the price position of our of possession of our souls unless he died. Come on, man. Because it says in Corinthians, it says, we were his prized possession. And he went to the cross, it says, with joy. And so I, I just believe this is such a prophetic time. Obedience leads us, man. Let me tell you. Let's go to Jeremiah 1. This is another key. Say, I need a key. How many of you know you need a key to drive home today? Depends what vehicle you drive. In some vehicles now, you just press a button. You still lose your key. But anyway, (laughs) Jeremiah 1. Let's go to Jeremiah. If you've got your Bibles there, let's go to Jeremiah 1. Because this is the key. And then we're going to go to Ezekiel 37 real quick. And just speak about some stuff. And then I want to pray for some people. Is that okay? Jeremiah chapter 1, God is moving around the nation. In the last two months, I've been to Kentucky, I've been to Michigan, I've been to Carolina, I've been to all sorts of different places. Um, I fly all over the world, I travel, I'll be in England and Scotland, I do all sorts, I have over 113 churches that I've pioneered, 
not taken over, pioneered. And I want to tell you, I'm excited about the kingdom. Amen. Come on. I'm still as excited as I was when I got saved in 1980. I haven't slacked down. I haven't lost my zeal. Because God, the consuming zeal is what will bless you and touch you. Jeremiah chapter 1 is a key. Say, I need a key. Jeremiah chapter 1, let's go quickly to verse 11. This is prophetic. Say prophetic. It says here, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Jeremiah, what do you see? God is asking you the same question. What do you see? What do you see on every day? What are you chosen? What are you choosing to see? What are you choosing to look for? What are you engaging every day? Because he said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, I see the branch of an almond tree. And then God said something very profound. He said, you have seen well, for now I can accomplish my word. You see, the church, unless you can see what God sees, unless you can see the revival, unless you can see the things happening around you through the power of God and through the Spirit of God, you won't have it. You're going to have to see it. You're going, to have to accompany, you're going to have to raise your faith in terms of what you see. Don't get quiet on me now. Wave that hanky. What do you see? Are you seeing revival coming to your family? Are you seeing breakthrough in your marriage? Can you see it? This is, this is supernatural. You see, we, we see stuff that the devil wants us to see. But he said, yeah, he says, I, I say, the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am alert and active, watching over my word to perform it. Unless you can see it, he ain't going to perform it. I can give you a prophetic word. I can tell you what you had for breakfast this morning, and some of you didn't even have breakfast. And let me tell you, you can receive a word from God and leave this place and not see it and never walk in it. We need to become supernatural seers. Say, I'm a supernatural seer. Start to dedicate your sight to the Lord. Start to dedicate what you see to God and say, God, I'm tired of seeing in the natural. I want to see in the supernatural. It is our joy to see angels. It's my joy to see the supernatural things of God. It is supernatural to be around the supernatural. But you have to start to see through the eyes of the king. Amen. Come on. Because God's going to start to do some awesome things. Ezekiel 37. Let's go there real quick. I know that I'm going a little bit quickly. Can you, act, you understand my accent? It's okay. It's not foreign. Okay. Ezekiel, I know you guys have got accents, man. And I tell you, some of your accents are just crazy. I mean, you go to Charleston, it's like they're speaking with marbles in their mouth. And then you go to Alabama, it's like, what are they saying? That's like an English, um, it's like, a, it's English, but it's not English. And I went to a shop the other day and I had an argument with a lady for a half an hour about chips. I said, can I have some chips? She said, we don't sell chips. I said, you do sell chips. No, we don't sell chips. I said, you do sell chips. She said, we do not sell chips. I said, what are those little things up there? Oh, they fries. <laughs> they chips. And then I went to a restaurant and I asked for tomato sauce. Can I have some tomato sauce on my chips? The woman was lost. She went away for like a half an hour. She came back. She brought me salsa. You put on pasta. You know the stuff you put on pasta? I said, I'm not eating pasta, I'm eating chips. I want tomato sauce. She said, but that is tomato sauce. I said, it's not tomato sauce. This is, re- this is pasta sauce. 
Hallelujah. Help me, Jesus. I won't tell you what else I said. I thought the lady was going to call the police. Man, I, I got you. The first week I got you. The first week. How many of you would just give me some grace? The first week I got you, I wanted to go to a restaurant. And I didn't know any restaurants in America. And the pastor said, where, would I, where can I take you? I said, can you take me to Hooters? Because <laughs> on the way to the church, the only restaurant I saw was Hooters. And it said bar and grill. And I thought, well, that's a restaurant. The church laughed for like two hours. And then he took me in his office and gave me a whole thorough education. I don't want to go near Hooters, thank you. Meters? What is meters? Brother, we need, we need to get delivered. Ezekiel 37, listen to this. God is wanting you to bring revival out of nothing. We, you, you know, sometimes I go to churches and people talk like this. Well, we need to get that preacher in because he can bring revival. And we need to get that prophet in because they can bring revival. No, let me tell you, I'm standing today around revivalists. You, this brother over here, you are a revivalist. Amen. You are a revivalist. And you have been digging the wells. And I'm telling you today, my dear brother, you are about to encounter the supernatural in such a level of an anointing, it's going to blow you away. And this, another word I'm, I feel to give you, your winter has come to an end. God is restoring everything that the canker worm has eaten. And you're coming into a place of growth and healing and restoration again. Amen. So, you know, I, I want to just be sure you're hearing what I'm saying this morning. There is a dry bone revival coming. It's the most ridiculous thing that we can discuss. Say ridiculous. I just like the way you speak. That's why I asked you to do it. Okay. Ezekiel 37, real quick. Now, let me see what happens here. You know that God can see things we can't see. And sometimes he'll tell you things that you can't see, but he has already seen. He's already been in your future. Do you know that God's not going to celebrate 2013 with us this year? Because he's already in 3050. <laughs> Looking back over the timeline of your life, and this is what he's saying. Where I am, it's good, and your life is good and not evil. So come with me on this journey. Amen? And so then he starts to say, now listen to this, the hand, was, the hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, and he sat me down in the midst of the valley. Brought me out in the spirit of the Lord. Listen to me. We are going to have to, we need, we're going to have to access the power of the Holy Spirit. God is positioning you to see. God wants to position the church. God wants the church, this church, he wants to position you to see. God, listen to me. We read that verse and we just say, oh, well, you know, he took Ezekiel out into, you know, out, and, uh, uh, it, the hand of the Lord was upon him and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and he sat me down in the midst of the valley and was full of dry bones. And we don't study that verse out. What that's speaking about is this. God was giving him access to the supernatural. He was giving him access to seeing in the spirit. God wants you to see and live in the Spirit. 
How cool would it be, Amber, if you went to school this week and all the people that you know that are on drugs, that are on all sorts of weird stuff, that are sick, that are tired, that are, that are broken, how cool would it be if God could give you a word, Amber, and you went up to them and said, this, I feel God is saying this, and you spoke a word over somebody's life that set them free. How cool would that be? And do you know that you have the ability to do it? You have the ability to set people free. How cool would it be to be able to wake up in the morning and tell you, is this your husband? You married? Not yet. Hold your hands. Just hold hands. How cool would it be if you woke up in the morning and said this, tomorrow we're getting married. And he felt in his spirit it was the right time. And you guys got married and got set free. And God made a way for you where there wasn't seemed to be. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't it be great to wake up in the morning and say to your husband, I had a dream and the dream was all about the very stuff he was battling with. How cool would that be? How great would it be if we came in here on a Sunday morning during worship and God opened a portal over this church and we could see right into heaven and we had, an, we had a heavenly experience and some angels came down and sat in the congregation, just gave us some inside information about what was going on and what they wanted us to do and what daddy wanted us to do because angels are just messengers. How cool would that be? Man, that is like, whoa, cool. But the church, you know, oh, well, you know, hallelujah. Praise God, they got super church today. Let's go to church. Hebrew. <laughs> Hebrew. <laughs> Come on, man. God's given you access. And I believe prophetically, some of you, most of you, this day, this week, this year, are going to start to have access into the Holy of Holies like you've never had before. And when you come into church, because at home, you've already engaged God at home between Monday and Friday and Saturday, if you didn't go hunting, but Monday to Friday, you engaged God and you were in His presence. So by the time you come here, you're so full of the glory that this place just gets lightened up and there's revival and there's revelation and people are getting healed and people are driving past the building and falling in the spirit in their car and crashing in the in the in the bayou over there and people are running around trying to let me tell you a little story how many of you've heard of smith wigglesworth wigglesworth he was on a train going through london or through wales on the train sitting on a train and people sitting sucking beers in a bar, in some bar in London, when he went past the bar on the train, the people on, in the bar fell off their bar stools. That should be happening with us. We've got an anointing on us, amen? And so he, he gives this man knowledge and understanding. He brings him out in the spirit and he sits him down in the place of absolute destruction. And God says, what do you see? And he's saying the same to the church. And he calls me to pass around among them. And behold, there were very many bones in the open valley and they were very dry. It's ridiculous. Why would God didn't take Ezekiel and put him right there in a church of 50,000? He took Ezekiel and he put him in a cemetery. And he says, Ezekiel, can the cemetery live? That's like you driving up to the cemetery this morning and say, Today, all these people in the cemetery are going to come out of those graves because God can do it. It's almost ridiculous. It's like, 
this guy needs some medication. <laughs> Can you imagine that? If you came, if I was your pastor and I said, today, guys, we're going to go and do some evangelistic ministry. And I piled you in a bus and I took you down to the largest cemetery around this place. And, you, and we got there and I said, today, we are evangelizing to all those people because they come out of the grave. You would leave my church quickly. It's like, what are we doing here? But that's exactly what God did with this dude. That's what God's about to do in your nation. He's about to do it in your city. He's about to do it in families. People that you you've know of that have been on crack cocaine, that have been on heroin, that have been on drugs, that have been drunkards all of their life are going to come in this house because God has set them free because you started to see it by faith and God took you in the spirit and He used you to speak prophetically over the most impossible, ridiculous situations. That's what apostles and prophets do. Amen? Amen? Come on. And so we see this whole thing, and it, it just gets better and better. In verse 7, he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? I want you to think of three or four people that you know it would be an absolute miracle if they just came near a church. Write their names down and say, God, this week and next week, I'm going to start to pray for those people. I'm going to start to dig the wells of revival and faith in, in this area of impossibility because I am your son and I walk in the spirit. See, come on, we need to get bold. Sometimes we only want to prophesy over what looks good. But we don't want to prophesy over what looks dead. How many of you know you can have some be- people, I call them dead men walking. And some of you are married to them. Some of you, you know, as family, there's some dead men walking in your family. They're alive, but they smelly. They're like dead smelly. They're like putrefied smelly. Hello? <laughs> and guess what we do? We judge them. Well, I'll never invite Uncle Bobby to Thanksgiving again. He had to drink all our beer. <laughs> I'm not going to have Auntie Jane here. All she did, she smoked, smoked, smoked. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then the world's confused. They can't understand. One minute we're crazy and crazy, and the next minute we're just judging everybody. Oh, yeah, you know what? I hate Barack Obama. You know what the Lord said to me? He said this. Until the nation starts to pray for their president, this nation will go around in circles. I do not tolerate any jokes about Barack Obama at all. I worship God and I pray for him. Come on. I could just hear somebody going, oh. (laughs) Come on. So God gives the results. Now listen to me. Do you think for one second that that prophet Ezekiel was in charge? No, he wasn't in charge. Because God gave the word. He, let me say it like this. God gave the results before the prophet prophesied. Let me prove it to you. God already knew the results before the prophet prophesied. What he's looking for is he's looking for obedience for us to operate out of the supernatural. Listen to what it says. And it says here, it says, again, he said to me, verse 4, prophesy to these bones and say to them, you, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This says the Lord God to these bones. This says the Lord God to these bones. I will cause breath and spirit to enter you and you shall have. Now, this is what, this is God speaking. It's not the prophet speaking. 
God's already putting things together here in the supernatural, in the, in the natural realm and the spiritual realm. God's already, pres- he's already, he's already prepackaged the deal. God says, and this says the Lord to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath and spirit into you, and you shall live, and I will lay sinews upon you, and I'll bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and I'll put breath and spirit in you, and you dry bones shall live, and you shall know and understand and realize that I'm the Lord, the sovereign ruler who calls forth loyalty and obedient service. And then in verse 7, it says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise and a shaking and a trembling and a rattling, and the bones came together bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were very many sinews upon the bones, and flesh came upon them, and skin covered them, and, and there was no breath or spirit in them. That it was exactly what God said in verse 6. The minute the guy started to prophesy, he started to speak the same thing God said, and guess what happened? Um, um, it manifested. All God needs you to do is open your mouth. Amen. God didn't give you a big mouth for nothing. He didn't give you that spontaneity that you live in. You're very spontaneous. You're very visionary. You're very excited. God was, has given you both an amazing ability. What's your name? Jennifer? You have a teaching gift. You have an amazing ability <laughs> to do things with children. But you, it's almost like you guys don't know what you have. It's like you guys have such an anointing on your lives. Listen to me. God wants to change your whole church experience. He wants you to have a personal relationship with him. He wants you to know that he's going to give you the desires of your heart. Church is not just going to go, well, well let's go to church today. Church is going to mean you're going to come into his presence and leave with his presence. And you're going to leave with an anointing. And you're going to see the lives of people around you touched. God wants to do a work in your family. Supernatural stuff in your family. Amen. I don't know what you do, but I want to say this to you. This is going to be the year of contracts, contracts, contracts. God wants to give you more than you've ever seen before with one purpose, so that he can prosper you, so you can be a blessing and bring people into the kingdom. Amen. Come on. There's more on you. God's given you an amazing gift. Thank you, Jesus. God wants to touch your family. God wants to restore things to you. Amen? Come on. Some of these young guys here, man, you come to church, you think, oh, well, this place is boring. There's no girls here. Listen to me. God wants to use you. God wants to touch you. This guy with the glasses, what's your name? Caleb, you are a computer. You are are like a whiz kid in the computer area. You love computers. It's like give the guy a dead computer and he'll suck the life into it. That's your heartbeat. Amen? Is that true? Why do you think God's given you such an incredible intellectual mind? He wants you to use it. That gentleman sitting over there with a white shirt on, he would love somebody in that box over there that he can disciple and raise up to be the sound man. He's tired of it, man. This guy with the blue shirt on. You've got so many. You are a dreamer and a visionary. You know what that is? You're a David. Come here, I want to lay hands on you. You are a David. You know what a David is? David was a worshiper. You saved? You want to get saved? Yes, I think you need to get saved. Get healed on the inside and start to rise up. Because you know what I see on your life? What's your name? Bryson. Bryson? I see a leader. Leadership. 
leadership. And everybody else there has been telling you, oh, no, you know, keep your hand there. Leadership. People say, oh, no, you're not a leader. You're, no, 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 no. You're a leader with a worship call on your life. You see that lady over there? Come here, lady. That wild lady over there. Come here. I want you to come and lay hands on him. And we're going to pray for the supernatural worship anointing to come on him. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you this morning for Bryson. We thank you, Lord, that his life will never be the same again. We thank you, Lord, that church will not just be a vague, unfamiliar thing. Father, but today, something supernatural will come on him, Lord, and you will just surprise him. Lord, I thank you that he'll play guitars, he'll play the bass, he'll play keyboard, he'll play all those things that he needs to be playing. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look at me. Not only will you play, Bryson, but you will write music. You'll write the music that you'll play. Are you born again? You were born again. Have you received Jesus? When? Been a while. Been a while. How many years ago? 20? (laughs) 16? When did you receive Jesus? Five? Okay, now let's, I think we need to do it again. Because sometimes we lead our kids to Jesus when they're three and they don't know anything that's happening. At 16, that's a good time to make a rededication of your life. Because you should be, have you got a youth department here? Who's the youth leader? Come here. You come stand with him. Because you need some of these young guys to become great leaders. And I saw leadership on you, Bryson. And so I just want you to pray this on and say, Lord Jesus, I love you. And today, I surrender everything to you. And Lord Jesus, I receive you today as my Savior, as my King, and my future. Thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. And from this day, I will, I will follow you. Brenson, Brenson. Bryson, God wants you to do a a major work in your heart about a father figure. God wants to heal you. Put your arms around me. It's okay. Just reach out your hand to this young man. There's been a lot of stuff that has weighed him down. And all he's wanted was somebody to come and just come and love on him and affirm him as a young man. And today is your day, my dear brother. And nothing's going to keep you back. And you will know that you have a daddy God, an Abba daddy, a papa God that loves you. And you're going to become a great man. Let me tell you what I saw. I saw you leading thousands of young men men to God. And I saw you as a leader playing and worshiping and preaching and prophesying. But when you come back in this house again, don't go and sit in the back. Come sit near the front. Hang around some of these leaders. Um, Drive this youth pastor mad. Hang around him. Trail him like a bloodhound. Get, in any, get, get everywhere and anywhere with God because I'm telling you this is going to be your day in Jesus' name. Amen. And you just thought you're going to come and have a good time in church today. But you see, God knew about you before you were born. And what a privilege and an honor for me to lead you in prayer and pray for you. This is not a small thing. Amen. God bless you. Is this your son? He's an awesome young man and so is he. Come here. Go and sit down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. What's your name? Caleb. Caleb. It's like you've got all your ducks in a row. 
Your brother's room looks like a tornado hit it, and your room's neat. Cousins? You're not a brother's, cousins. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. But even the same, your, your life is totally different. It's like you, 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 have, you have a different perception and perspective about things than he does. And I saw on your life such an amazing ability academically to do well. So don't ever um, question your academic abilities because you will do well. I saw business, business, business in your life. So, Father, we thank you for uh, this, this road that is on. I thank you that this journey that is on will be sweet and, and sound in Jesus' name. Now, listen to me, Caleb. Are you saved? When did you get saved? Seven. So you understand exactly what happened. That's good. So keep on pressing in with God and run the race, brother. Amen. God bless you. Man, isn't that cool? That was cool. Just give God a hand, man. That was so cool. Okay. I promise you, just like three more things and we'll finish. Because I don't want to... Bo- you okay? Okay. Verse 7. Let's go back to verse 7. It says, So I prophesied as I was commanded, and as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking and a trembling and a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to its bone. Do you know what that translates to? This is what it means. It means it's time for you to decree and declare. Say, decree and declare. Decree and declare. What we used to is we used to coming to church or coming into our prayer closet with our big begging bowl. Daddy, I need this. What we need to do is because we understand who we are in Christ, is say, Father, I decree. God, I decree this over my city. God, I declare in Jesus' name that my sons will not become prodigals in Jesus' name. I declare that my daughters will become Esthers in Jesus' name. Come on. We started to decree and declare because we're walking in supernatural authority. Amen. Come on. I hear people speaking all the time, things like this. Because my grandmother died of this liver disease, I'll die of this. No, cut that off today and start a decree and declare over your family with faith and vision that you will overcome in Jesus' name. Verse 8, listen, let's, let's read verse 8. And I looked and behold, there were sinews upon and flesh came upon them and skin covered them, but there was no breath and spirit in them. Listen to me, there, this is where the church stays. This is where the church gets stuck. We've got all the ingredients, we've got all the goodies, we've got all the pr- programs we've got all the promises of god that are yes and amen but there's no breath and spirit in us you can have the holy ghost and not have any any breath you can talk in tongues until the cows come home but you won't do anything out there unless you put that spirit into work and into action come on we can speak in tongues all we want here because tongues is not for the believer it's for the unbeliever Hello, what does that mean? It means when unbelievers walk through the door and they hear us speaking in this language called the spiritual language, it affects them. But we've just used it. Well, can you speak in tongues? Yeah, I can speak in tongues, but that's about the only thing you can do, speak in tongues. God says, no, we should be way beyond that. Amen? Come on. So let's not just talk about the giftings. Let's start to do the giftings. No breath, no anointing, no presence. But how many of you know, we we don't even know when there's no presence. We'll just go on and do our 20 songs and do all the stuff and God wasn't even there. We need to start to wait on God. That's why I love the worship this morning. It was radical. It was just awesome. You dancing over there was so prophetic. And when you started singing about the glory, she got up there with a little flag. You notice that little thing she was dancing with? It looked like the glory. There was a prophetic gesture about it. That was awesome. 
Man, I'd drive all the way from Charleston just to come hang with you guys. This is a prophetic church. You can't be normal in this place. Well, I just want to go to a normal church. What you really mean is dead. You're happy with dead. This is not normal. This is an, this is an abstract, supernatural, off-center church. It's off-center, man. You just want everything to be normal and clean. Listen, the Bible says there's going to be some poop in the stall. Where you have some oxen, there's going to be some poo-poo. We just want the church to be clean. And God says, it's impossible. When I'm around, you're going to get some poo-poo because I'm dealing with the flesh. Okay. Verse 14, and I'll, and I'll stop. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones. Now listen, so I, verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded and, he, and the breath and spirit. Say breath and spirit. Breath. Say it again. Breath. I even want you to say it. Say breath and spirit. Came into the bones, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great host. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up, and our hope is lost. We are completely cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, This says the Lord God, Behold, I'll open your graves, and I'll cause you to come out out of your graves, O my people, and I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your sovereign ruler, when I have opened your graves, and cause you to come up out of your grave, O my people. And I will put my spirit in you, and you shall live, and I shall place you in your own land. Then you shall know, understand, and realize that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, say the Lord. God is about to take you and put you in your own inheritance, in your own place of passion, in your own place of anointing. He's about to plant you and set you up so that you can become a well digger, not a grave digger. Because every time you judge somebody, you dig their grave. How many times have people um, just judged you and judged you and judged you and judged you and judged you? And how many times have you judged people? God says, I'm, God says no, you become a well digger. Start to dig the wells of revival. Start to reach in to the hearts of people and bring them to the forefront of their destiny. Start to stir them up. Amen. God's not angry with you. This couple over here, the guy with the red shirt on and his wife with the white on. Come out here, please. That's you, your brother. Right here. Come out here. Come. Just come. Thank you, Jesus. There's a whole lot of stuff that God wants to do with you guys. Just hold hands. The whole lot of stuff. What's your name? Jay, God wants to heal you. That's the first thing he wants to do. He wants to heal you, physically heal you. Daniel, can you just come and stand behind them, please? Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, that you have much for this man to do. Well, Lord, you showed me that he is an architect. You showed me he's a man that has um, um, strategies and plans. And, Lord, he wants to do things and get things done. And yet this whole thing about his, his body and, and the weakness and the pain and all the stuff that tries to come. Lord, the Lord says, son, today is going to be your day. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that he has been crying out and waiting upon you. God, I thank you that you touch his lower back. We thank you, Lord, that everything, Lord, that's not been working well, the pain, the, Lord, just the, the, the irritation, the frustration that he's, that, he's, that he's had about this, Father, and it's affected him the way he thinks. And God, he just gets, there's so much he wants to do, but Lord, he'll rather just lock himself up and just be um, at rest because he doesn't want to be a frustration to people around him. God, I just thank you today for this precious brother. There's much for you to do, my brother. 
So I just thank you. Just lay hands on his spine there, Daniel. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I thank you for your healing power and virtue to flow through him. We thank you that you open doors that no man can shut, and you shut doors that no man can open. The Lord says there was even times in your life that you missed out on promotion because of this. And God says, never again will you miss out on promotion. God says, I'm about to promote you and bless you even in a greater way because of the stuff that you've had to sacrifice. And the Lord says, son, I'm healing your body. I'm healing every part of your body, your hips, your, your, even your back. I see God touching even your digestive system and healing you in such a major way in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that she'll never see, God, um, just a, a breakdown of her husband. But, Lord, she'll see this man rise up. She'll see him to be the man he used to be, the man that used to have visions and dreams. And, God, he was so active in the stuff that he used to do. And the Lord says, daughter, have I not called you even to be an intercessor? God says, intercede and pray and seek my face, for you will open the wells again, and you'll see the glory and the power uh, saturate people around you. This is not going to be a time of drought anymore for you and your husband. This is going to be a a time of supernatural blessing and overflow for I've made it this way for this hour saith the Lord and it will affect your children for many of them God says uh, this is what I feel the Lord saying they're coming home this year in Jesus name Jesus name in Jesus name Father we thank you we thank you we thank you I just want to lay hands on this brother come quickly just come just all these people on this side just come quickly just move this away Daniel Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we praise you. We thank you. Just move that away and just put my Bible and stuff down. Just come and stand here. Because I believe God wants to speak to you. God wants to minister to you. God wants to give you joy in the morning. God wants to give you peace. Peace. God wants to settle things down. Come stand here. Come quickly. Just come. Just come real quick. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you. This whole row of people right here. Come. I want you right up here. I want to minister to you today. I want to minister to you today. Come. Thank you, Jesus. Come. Yes, just all these people, just come. God wants to minister to you. God wants to give you joy in the morning. God wants to break things off you. Thank you, Jesus. This is what I saw God doing. What's your name? Angie. Angie. I saw God coming with gifts in the past, and you said, I don't think I can receive that. I don't think I can. I don't think that I'm. No, God says today is your day. I, he wants to give you joy. He wants to give you peace. He wants to heal. He wants to open doors. He wants to bring resurrection life. He wants to give you dreams. God says you have a communication gift. You are a communicator. There's a communication anointing on you. God wants you to go into areas where you can communicate with people. I saw you going into offices. I saw you going into corporations. I saw you going into places. You are a communicator. And the enemies try to stop up your well. Well, today, God's going to unstop your well. And he's going to unstop it from all the unbelief, the, 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 the lack, the, the, play, the fact that sometimes you feel unsure. You don't know. The, you don't know whether you should go here or there or maybe I'm doing the wrong thing and you've walked around with a wound you've walked around with a with a sense of regret and God says today I'm healing you it's time to get healed honey amen let's just wait you can hold my hand a little more time to get healed you need to get healed because you have, you have so much to give and as long as you stay broken and wounded, the well that you're supposed to be doesn't flow. So, Father, today,
I thank you for this precious woman. Today is her day, Father, that you would touch and heal and minister. God, that every wound that was never taken care of and dealt with will be healed. Because, Father, you want to prosper her and bless her out there. Use her to communicate and be the person of productivity she is in Jesus' name. Touch her, minister to her, and use her. Father, we thank you. I saw you like a bag of fertilizer. And God is going to use you to fertilize the hearts and the lives of people. Where there's been doubt, God says you're going to break doubt. But the Lord's saying to you today, daughter, I'm bringing you out of that place of doubt and fear and wondering what God could do. I don't know what it is. There's been a little bit of a physical thing in your life that's trying to keep you back. And the Lord says, today I'm going to start to speak life and bring healing into that area. Father, we thank you for her family. We thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in her and through her. And you are going to walk in a supernatural realm of the Holy Ghost. Sister, let me tell you, you're going to see it. You're going to sense it, and you're going to know it. Just hold hands. Father, we thank you. You're such a practical guy. Boy, she, you're like black and white. She's like the, the, she's like the, I almost said like the floater. She's like, woo, she loves the spirit and dreams. And, oh, tomorrow's another day, praise God. And it's like you, like everything has to happen yesterday. And you know what? It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, you'll have to start agreeing with it. Because the time has come that you realize that that's who you are. That's who you need to be. You sh- let her be who she needs to be, and you need to be who you need to be. Because there's an authority on your life that the enemy has messed with. You are a man of authority. And God is going to start to give you judicial authority back. Because it's sometimes people have said, you're so impatient, brother. Why are you so impatient? Why are you so harsh? You're not harsh. That's not who you are. You are the most gentle, kindest person that God created on this earth for such a time as this. And you guys are going to start to see all the stuff come together. God is tying up the loose ends, and this is going to be the year of no more loose ends. Things will be completed, and things will be done so that you can reach your destiny. You should be taking people on mission trips. You should be leader. You're a leader that God wants to raise up and disciple so that you can take people. There's a ministry call on your lives. You are so prophetic. You know, I, I know Rick Joyner. Rick Joyner is the guy that invited me to America when I first came here. You should be playing at Rick Joyner's conferences. There's an anointing on your life. When I watch you there, I felt the Lord say, she is about to come out of the cleft of the rock. You are about to come out of the place of hiding. God is about to expose your gift to the nations. I'm telling you, it's on both of you. So, Father, we thank you. No more limitations, no more limits, no more limits, no more doors, no more walls, no more, uh, com- no more constriction, but, Lord, a- absolute freedom in this man's heart and mind. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, listen to me. It's not bad to see black and white. That's how you see black and white. She's like so much grace. It's like grace. And you, when you walk into a building and everybody says, this is a nice building. You're, Man, there's a crack and there's a <laughs> So God is saying, it's cool. He's giving you that for a purpose. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Now, this is what I saw. You are an, a designer in the natural 
but you're a designer in the supernatural. You are a designer in the natural. You can see things in the natural, but God's going to start to show you things in the supernatural. He's going to start to show you things, doors and windows and portals in the supernatural, and you're going to dance here in front, and you're going to say to the people, there is a portal open, let's go. And your dancing will be prophetic. I saw you then start speaking prophetically and start singing prophetically. You are a prophetic dancer. You are a prophetic worshiper. You are so prophetic in what you do. And people have thought that you just have nothing to say. She's just the pastor's daughter. Let me tell you, you are such a dynamic young woman in the area of the spirit. You need to go to every conference you can in terms of worship and the prophetic because God wants you to live there. Amen? And then I saw something else. I saw a whole bunch of people dancing with you. In other words, there's going to be a time where you're going to start to have classes and people will come and sit at your feet and you will teach them the supernatural creative power of his kingdom. So get ready. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. And the Lord says, Son, uh, daughter, because you chose to be a Ruth, because you chose to stay in the back of the field, because you chose to be humble, because you chose to be uh, just you know, broken and, and humble, they, you took a posture of humility, God says, I'm bringing your Boaz. I'm bringing you a Boaz. Not somebody else's cho- chosen, not somebody else's blind date. God says, I'm bringing you your Boaz. Just hold hands. If you're married, hold hands. If you're not married, we'll marry you today. <laughs> thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you. Hold my hand. What's your name? My name is Jason. Jason, many people think you're just a big bunch of jokes. People think you've just got a good sense of humor and just always laughing and joking. And, but the Lord says there's a really a serious side of you. And uh, God's just going to bring that to the forefront. And you're going to start to become more of a fisher of men than you've ever been. God's going to help you to loose your mouth. It's like you let her do all the talking. And God says there's going to be a time where you're going to do some talking. And the talking you're going to do is serious, deep stuff about the hearts of men. I saw you ministering to men three times your age. Ministering to people that wouldn't listen to you even two weeks ago. But they're going to start to listen because what they see is there's something's changed on the inside. And that you are a serious guy. Not that you don't have this sense of humor. Keep your sense of humor. It's awesome. But God says, and be quick to speak the word. Because he, I believe something happened to you today. I believe God was touching you. And there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a real relational, personal uh, relationship coming with Jesus that you didn't have. It was all head knowledge, but not heart knowledge. And God says, this week, this month, this year, you're going to love him out of your heart, not out of your head. Amen. And for you, I just want to say, teaching gift. And I just saw you also just stepping up because this is what you say many times. I don't think I can do that. I don't think I'm good enough. I don't think I can do that. I don't think, no, I, and somebody else can do it. God says, today I'm going to restore back to you the trust that you lost. And God says, I'm going to restore it and give it back to you. It's going to be in you and on you. And you're never, ever going to question who you are again. Amen. You are a vibrant, dynamic woman of God. In Jesus' name, just touch her. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this brother. We thank you for the restoration. We thank you for the peace. We thank you, Lord, that he's not just going to do it because he has to. But God, I thank you that he's going to do it because he desires to. Father, we thank you for this man's creative ability. We thank you, Lord, that he's creative. We thank you, Lord, that you'll give back to him. 
I thank you, Lord, for the instruments. Have you been trusting God for instruments? I just see some instruments coming your way that you've really been trusting God for. It's like all the stuff you need will be deposited and delivered at your house in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord. Are you married? Yeah. Where's his ring? Buy one. one Get one. I, I'm just joking, but you know what? Listen to me. Listen to me. Look at me, brother. You are in a travel. You have had a heartbeat to travel, and it's like been a time. uh, This is what I'm sensing. There's been a resistance in the area of travel, and you are going to travel. You're going to get out. I see you traveling. I see you going to places that you once lived in, and you're going to come with a difference. There's a difference, a different anointing on your life, a difference in her heart, and it's almost like you're going to go and be Johnny Appleseed. Johnny Appleseed planting seeds of hope and revival in the hearts of people. Amen? Now, this is another thing. I, I want to say that what I see. I saw you um, actually administrating your own business. And the business that I saw was like a, a, like a, like a creche or like a, 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 a children's uh, preschool center. I saw a preschool center of some sort that you were overseeing or administrating. So I don't know if you're doing that right now, but that's what I saw. That God has given you ch- such a childlike faith. Childlike faith. Childlike faith. Father, we thank you for a sweet spirit. We thank you, Lord, for his sweet spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you use him mightily in this whole area of finances, Lord, and consultation. In Jesus' name, amen. What's your name? Mandy. Mandy and? David. David, good name. Put your hand on your hand. Listen to me. Are you saved, honey? You want to get saved today? David, I think it's going to be cool. Every church needs a David. Every church needs a fisherman. Every church needs somebody that can make the food. Amen? In this day, you're never going to blame yourself, David. You're never going to blame yourself. You're going to see this man become a new man. Because really, that's what he wants. He wants to be a new man. And nobody's given him an opportunity. All they've done is, is judge him. Isn't that true, David? Okay, so I want you to say this after me together. Man, you're shaking. This is awesome. And I want you praying in the Spirit, church. Pray in the Spirit. This is not a small thing that they are doing. Because their conversion to Christianity today, your conversion, your accepting Christ, David, is going to touch your family. And you've got a big old family. And they're going to think you're mad. But let me tell you, as you live your life in Jesus, not in a religion, in Jesus, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You're going to see brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, and people that you thought could never get saved, baptized, and come into the kingdom. This is the beginning of God touching an entire generation. Come on, church. Give God a hand. So I want you to say this. Say, Lord Jesus. Today, we come by faith, and I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you died on the cross for us, for us. And today, by faith, we receive you, Lord Jesus, as our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you washed us in your blood, that you've forgiven us, and from this day, 
we turn around and now serve you. Hallelujah. Isn't that awesome? Do you know what happened right now in heaven? All of heaven came to a dead silence. Can you imagine that? It says because one soul, two souls came into the kingdom. All of heaven came to attention. Father, we pray today that they'll never live in condemnation. That this young man will never live in fear. He'll never live in guilt and condemnation. But today and forevermore, God, he'll live in grace and mercy. And from this day, Lord, he's washed and cleansed and made new in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. What's your name again? Chad and? Jesse, you can hold hands. I mean, you, you hold hands every day. You want to be saved? You want to live, live for the king? Because you're a young woman with great potential. Who's this to you? Your daughter needs healing. And when she sees mama healed, she'll get healed. And Chad needs healing. He needs a lot of healing. So I want you to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, both of you. Lord Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you rose from the dead for us. And today by faith... We receive you as our Lord and our Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've forgiven us and that you've washed us in your blood. And from this day, we will serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I give you a hug? Give God a big hand, guys. This is awesome. Thank you, Chad. Run for God. He has a plan and a purpose, and he loves you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. Amen. You're a fun person. You are so funny. Have you asked Jesus into your life? You want to do that today? All over again? Because this is what you do. This is what I saw. Now listen to me. I saw you being an artist. I saw you drawing. You have the most amazing skill to draw stuff. Is that true? I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's on you. And there's all sorts of, you will travel. You've been praying, saying, God, I want to travel one day. I want to do this. I want to, and there's been so many circumstances that have sucked the life out of you that you just thought, oh, well, I'll just stay here in Georgia. <laughs> but God's going to use you. And let me tell you what's going what's to happen. You will have the finances to go to school. Because that's where you want to go, don't you? So say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. That today, I can get serious with you. And I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're healing my heart and giving me a future. Lord Jesus, I forgive every person that hurt me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amber, thank you, Lord. You want to get saved today? Because I think it's going to be cool. Amber saved. Whoa. You know what that means? Your whole life's going to change. Your whole life is going to change. That means you'll never have to get up in the morning thinking that God's angry with you. And that you have to seek his, you know, you, know, you have to seek his um, um, expectation or his, you know, if God, no, God loves you. 
God loves you. And other people have come along, and you've tried to live up here for them. And God says, no, you just live for me, and I'll make a way for you. I'm telling you, your life is about to change. Give me your hand. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you died for me, that you rose for me. And today, Lord Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've washed me in your blood. You've cleansed me. And from this day, I run for you. In Jesus' name. Isn't that awesome? Give this young woman a big hand. Amen. Father, we thank you. What's your name? Chris. Father, we thank you for Chris. We thank you, Lord, for the purposes. Chris, I felt the Lord say this to me. Because you've sought to be a well digger. Because you've sought me. Because you've tried to get access. God says, I'm giving you access. Because you pray and you seek me day and night. God says, I will seek you day and night. And you will not miss one thing. Let me tell you what I saw. You are like the prophets of old. It's like you are so prophetic. And God wants to give you the words. God, but he wants you to start to write them. Put your hand on your belly right there. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that she'll not miss one thing. God, I thank you that you're going to bring her into a place of destiny and passion. God, that you'll know that you know Noah, that you have called her for such a time as this. And Lord, I thank you from this day that she will never feel alone in Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for a revival that will start in her heart, that will touch the lives of others in Jesus' name. Amen. Just bring all those people up here that haven't got prayed for quickly. Thank you, Lord. Let's just keep on praying, guys. Come on. God wants to speak to people. Thank you, Jesus. Come. This young girl, come up here. Thank you, Jesus. Come. All these youngsters, come. Father, we thank you. How old are you? Eight. What's your name? Jada, Father, we thank you for Jada, that, Lord, she knows Jesus. God, that she knows the purposes. Put your hand on your belly. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus over her. I thank you, Lord, that you'll make a way for her where there doesn't seem to be a way, and that this young girl will become a great woman of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for this young man. Your life will never be the same. Have you got a Bible? Go and find it and read it and get into it. And close your bedroom door. And turn your bedroom into a place of meeting with God. And I'm telling you today, brother, you will never be the same again. I'm telling you, when people see you, they're going to say, something happened to him. God's going to start to promote you. God's going to start to give you desires. God's going to start to give you dreams. Things are going to start to happen to you. You're going to have encounters with God like never before. Amen. Look at me. I felt this to say this to you. Only one word. God is breaking betrayal off you today. Never again will you be betrayed. And everything that you've carried within you and you've said, God, why? God says, don't even have to worry about that anymore because I'm going to make a way for you where there doesn't seem to be a way. And I'm going to do things with you and through you and in you that you've never thought could ever be possible in Jesus' name. Come, let's lay hands. Father, life and joy, life and joy in the Holy Ghost. Life and joy. In Yes, there it is. Just, yes, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for this precious lady. Is that your little baby? Hallelujah. Is this, is this all your babies? <laughs> Just this one? Okay. I thought, my, my, my. Whoa. Those three belong to Natasha, the worship leader. Oh, where's Natasha? Yes, okay. Okay. And who are you, sir? You just look. He is like a patriarch of the family. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. Brother, you have a precious, precious heart. You have a beautiful spirit. 
And I'm going to tell you, God is going to honor you and bless you all the days of your life. Are you together? Wife, how long have you been married? Man, you guys are so precious. Precious, precious, precious. Loves the Lord, yes. Father, we thank you. We thank you. Can I just lay hands on you, sir? Father, we thank you. Father, stir him up. Father, I thank you that he'll be an Abraham. God, he'll be a father of many, Father, a grandfather of many great young men and women of God. Lord, I thank you that this family, that this family will see a mighty move of your spirit in every area of their life. God, I thank you that you will take them to places in the spirit they've never been before. God, I thank you, Lord, that all the years that they've waited and waited and waited upon you for the supernatural, waited on you to see the power of God. This is their day in Jesus' name. And the Lord would say to you, double for your trouble. God's saying, double for your trouble. I'm, he's, I feel the Lord saying, I will restore and I will bring back and I will bring in and I will press down and, sh- and it'll be shaken about every cent and every dime that was stolen from you. God says, I'm bringing it back to you, pressed down, shaken about and running over. Because your hearts have been for your people. Your hearts have been for nations. Your hearts have been for the kingdom. And God took notice. Father, we thank you. We thank you. What's your husband's name? Jason. Is he here today? Jason. Jason, I see your hand. I see that hand. Okay. Father, we thank you for Jason and Tanisha. Wow. That's a powerful name. Father, we thank you for this little baby and... Lana, Father, we thank you for this family. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives. We thank you, Lord, for outcomes, 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 outcomes. There's going to be outcomes and results that are going to bring joy and peace in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You're not going to worry about stuff. God says, I'm going to bring the outcome and I'm going to bring the result that you've been looking for. This is going to be a time of tremendous blessing and blessing and joy and thanksgiving for this family in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for this young man. You are so um, mature in the spirit. You can take your cap off. That's a good idea right there. Father, we just thank you for these young men. We thank you. What's your name? Levi. Whoa. Thank you, Jesus. This is your son? Man, thank you, Lord. This guy's like, um, this is what I see. I see a piece of steel. And it's just not like a floppy piece of steel. This piece of steel is strong. And you're going to represent the king. It's like people are going to tell you, hush, don't talk about Jesus. And you're gonna, something's going to rise up inside of you. And you're not going to rebuke them. You're just going to give them a word. You're going to say, oh, by the way, God just showed me something about you. And when you speak the word, they're going to fall on the ground and weep. You are going to become, how old are you now? Nine. Do you know there was a king called Josiah? He became king when he was eight years old. And he brought the whole of Israel back to the purposes of God. You have such a clean pureness about you and God. You you dream about God, talk about God. You're going to to be conscious about the things of God all the time. Before you're 13, you'll be ministering the word. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. 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 We thank you, Father. We thank you for this little boy. What's this little guy's name? Asher. Asher. Look at me. Hold my hand. Jonathan. You know, my son's name's Jonathan. And you know what? Jonathan, look at me. Jonathan, you're a friend of God. You're like the evangelist. You're always in trouble. 
Father, we just thank you for this little boy. Just bless him, minister to him, give him eyes to see and ears to hear, Father. And I thank you that they'll grow up knowing the purposes of God. This guy's the negotiator. Benjamin. Benjamin from the tribe of Benjamin. Father, we thank you for this little boy. Father God, he may not understand a whole lot of things, but God, his spirit is already tuning in. His spirit's already tuning in, God. Lord, there's never a moment that he's not aware of you, Father. You made and created him. He is your miracle baby. Whoa. Father, we thank you for this little boy. In Jesus' name, that because of the stuff they went through, God, the emphasis is on his destiny and his future, not his past. In Jesus' name, amen. He's a special little boy. Wow. Father, we thank you. Who else? Come. Father, we thank you. How many adults have I not prayed for yet? Just those people. Okay. And we'll get to these kids. I don't want you to go anywhere. Father, we just thank you. What's your name? Cheryl. Cheryl. Father, we thank you for Cheryl. Father, we thank you. This is what I feel the Lord saying. Cheryl, you have, it's like he went to the, the widow woman's house and he said, what have you got? She said, I've got a little bit of oil left. Cheryl, it feels, this is what it feels, you've only got a little bit of oil left. You've got, you haven't got much to share. But the Lord says, Cheryl, today I'm giving you a whole bunch of oil. I'm going to restore back to you everything that you dreamed of. You had a dream, and your dream was so awesome, and you had all these expectations, and it's like the enemy's trying to come in. And the Lord says, today, I will be your well digger. God says, I will come and dig your well for you, and I will come and release all that stuff that you have inside of you. God says, it's like a river that's about to burst forth, and you will see restoration, restoration, healing, healing, restoration like never before. For I'm taking you on a journey of recovery, saith the Lord, and you will see breakthrough anointing. You are a breakthrough anointing person. Father, you are a people's person. I'm going to tell you, God says you will work around people and you will see things happen that you thought could never happen. God says, I will bring streams in the, in the wilderness where there was no streams in your desert. God says, watch, I'm about to bring a stream. And the stream of my glory will not just um, be there for you to look at, but it will revive you and it will bless you and it will carry you into the next phase and season of your life. Look at me for a second. 2013 is not going to be 2010, 2011, and 2012. This is going to be your year of jubilee because you've been saying, God, when? When, 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 when? No more. Amen? You agreeing with me? Okay, let's get just, thank you, Jesus. You are a delight to the king. You've got so much to offer. And never again will you be betrayed or wounded in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you. You know, when I met you yesterday, you're like a lighthouse. You're a lighthouse. And your light doesn't just come out in the dark. Your light comes in anywhere. And during the day, your light precedes the light of day. There is a light. There's a passion. There's a dream. It's like you, are, you feel bogged down and you feel bored when you don't have anything to do. It's like you need to be doing things. And what I saw, now listen to me, what I saw is I saw God taking you into government. You have a governmental authority in your life. And yes, you've been a good school teacher and you've done all the teaching good, but that's, that's, that, is, that is like this much of who you are. And I just saw you getting involved in, 
I don't know if you want to go back to school, but this is what I saw. I saw government on your life, but I saw the ability to be an advocate. You hate injustice. You hate injustice. And I saw you accessing this place of God's favor and his glory. And it was like you became a spokesperson. You became like a public relations officer. You became the advocate. You became the comforter. You became the go-between person. So I don't know what you want to go and study or whether you want to go back to school or all that's going on. But I see God taking you to a place where he's in a position you where you'll have the trust of government. You'll have the trust of people in high places of authority because they can trust you. I saw that. You had the keys of access in your hand. Amen. Now, this is crazy. I don't know if you're going to have a double wedding. But your Boaz is coming. And he's going to be a special guy. Special. He's, he, he's going to have to be very special. <laughs> he's going to have to be a guy that can think. You don't like guys that don't have, not thinkers. He's going to be a thinker, but guess what he's going to be? A worshiper. You the talker, and he's the worshiper. You the mouth, and he's like the hands. Amen? So, Father, we thank you. And let me tell you right now, I pray that every resistance that you felt over the last six months comes to an end. You have felt resistance. You have felt all sorts of resistance and resist, resisted and opposition. And God says no more. And we're going to cut off this lie that the devil's trying to put on your flesh to say that you, and I heard what you said last night, that's a lie from the pit of hell. You were not born with eczema. You were not born with sickness. You were not born with all that stuff. It came along. Suddenly it was there. And you couldn't understand why it was there. Let me tell you what it is. It's a lie from the pit of hell. And today we stand in agreement and we announce you healed. In Jesus' name. Healed and clean and fresh and new in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for this precious young woman that will fulfill her destiny in everything she does. From this moment on, there will never be another barrier, another restriction that will hold her down. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this couple. We thank you. You know, when I left there, I said to my son, that guy's apostolic. He's prophetic. He's got like the fivefold ministry. See, a lot of people have said to me, you can't operate in the fivefold ministry. Well, you can. Yes, you can. You can. You can. Both of you will, and you can. And the Lord says, yes, even though she's a nurse in the natural, she's a nurse in the spiritual realm. It's like wherever you go, you're giving life to people. You're speaking life. I see in your God saying, tell her she has a righteous Ignation. I see a righteous thing rise up into you, and I saw you speaking words over things that shouldn't be there. And God says, you're coming into a time where you'll see things shift right out of the way. It's going to be a season of shifting the mountains in the lives of other people and your life from this time onward. Father, we thank you for provision for this man to do what he needs to do. I just saw God changing your, your portfolio and changing the status quo. You are happy and content to do what you've been doing. But the Lord says, son, nations, 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 nations. Your pastor should be going to nations without any restrictions. He should be writing the books and the manuals that he should be writing. For the Lord says, even yesterday when you were speaking about your books, God said he's a teacher. He loves to take the word and he loves to open the word. And it's like, line upon line, precept upon precept, and the Lord says, son, I'm about to change, I'm about to change your portfolio. Guess what's going to change? Scenery. 
about to change. In other words, God's taking you on another journey, and this time everything will fall into place. It's not going to be a journey of questions. It's going to be a, a journey of answers. God says, because you've got the answers, and the bride out there is waiting to hear the answers. And the Lord says, I will provide for you the finances you need to do the things you need to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you. Your children. Father, we thank you. What's your name? Kai. Kai? How do you spell that? Wow, that's easy. Japanese. Also. What's your name? Amp? Hampton. Whoa, that's an awesome name. And? Lauren. Do these guys give you a tough time or you give them a tough time? A little bit of both. Okay. We're going we're gonna to just pray. Father, we thank you. Hold my hand. Father, we thank you. Yeah, you can all hold my hand. That's cool. Makes, makes them feel comfortable. Father, we thank you for this precious little girl. What's her name again? Lauren. Father, we thank you for Lauren. How old are you, Lauren? Gain on 10. Nine. Okay. Father, we thank you. We thank you for Lauren. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have a plan and a purpose. Father, we thank you that even today her gift will be revealed. Father, we thank you for the music gift that she carries. We thank you, Lord, that she'll come into that time of just knowing what her gifting is. Lord, I thank you that she'll know that, um, that God is real, that Jesus loves her. Father, that there will be such a concept of God that she carries. Lord, it'll be in her music. It'll be in her creative arts. It'll be everything that she does. Lord, I thank you that you just give her uh, just such eyes to see and ears to hear, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for Hampton. Uh, this is what I feel. This guy here and you here, you're going to build a greater relationship with him than you ever have. There's something that God wants to do between the two of you. Put your arm around him. I see God knitting, for some reason, knitting his heart with your heart. And just a real, uh, just a father-son thing going on that you cried out for and you did not know how to do it. And you just thought Hampton will never connect with you because he doesn't understand you and, and you don't understand him. But God's going to make it happen even in the next couple of days. And Hampton's going to become a son to you. Man, I don't know why I'm saying that. Father, we thank you for this little guy here. Father, he's so easy. Man, he, just, he has everybody's attention. Father God, we thank you. Oh God, we thank you, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus. He's already thinking. About other stuff right there. But let me tell you, this little boy has such a depth of the things of God. He's believable. When he has a dream about Jesus, believe him. Amen? Because he's like you. This guy's like you, man. He's like a cookie cut of you. I'm telling you. It's like all the others are different, but he's like you. So, Father, we thank you for this little boy. We thank you for the purposes and the plans. We plead the blood of Jesus over these children. And we thank you, Lord, that you use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. Amen. amen. God is good. Your lives, David, something's going to happen. I'm going to tell you, man, next week when you're here, and I'm not going to be here, but they will be here. And Jesus will be here. You know, it'll be so cool next week when you come, grab some of those flags and act like them. Amen? Be a little crazy. And I'm going to tell you, when you start dancing and waiting on the Lord, David, things are going to start to wash over you. Things are going to start to happen to you. That's what happens in worship. Amen? So be encouraged. Can we give this family another big hand? Amen. What a blessing. Amber, it was great to meet you.